<laughs> Today's episode of Bandology is brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a great one-spot go-to for uploading and distributing your podcast across the internet. They'll take care of putting your show up on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and dozens of other smaller services that you probably don't even know about. All you have to do is set up an account, which is free, and Anchor also 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 will set you up with sponsors so you can do ads like this one to start earning money on your podcasts right away so check it out anchor.fm and if you're just looking to stream podcasts download their app from your app store of choosing that's anchor.fm or the anchor podcast app check it out spread the word and enjoy spotify i mean anchor i mean bandology thank you kill rock stars Thank you, Kill Rockstar. Who did not at all let us use any of their uh, copyrighted material. Yes. Or any of this. Thank you, Kill Rockstars. <laughs> this is all just one big uh, ad, though, for Deerhoof, really. It's true. So they should be paying us. It's one big ad for us. <laughs> it's one big ad for them. I'm totally getting relaxed in this episode. This is going to be a really chill episode. Cool. No, There's no band drama here. There's no craziness. Just a lot of really good music. Just, just chill folks making good tunes. Exactly. Just kicking back, drinking some lemonade. Not even some brewskis, just some lemon. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll introduce the episode. Welcome back, all of our lovely listeners. This is uh, Bandology. This oh, is 17 people that follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> hey, man, we got some, like 50 plays on each one so that's, far. That's good. That's good. With no promotion whatsoever. Uh, this is uh, the Deer Huff episode part two, which I'm calling the Rodriguez years, and we'll get to that. I need to do a bunch of talking before we can listen to some good tunes, though. Just to kind of get us up to... Okay. Because, again, this is a 25-year span band. Sure. And uh, last episode, we listened to four albums and four EPs... Uh, sorry, four albums and one EP that all took place in four years. It's a good spread of time. It's phenomenal. It's nice to be able to be a working band like that. It's so cool. And they're... You're doing what you want with the people you want to do it with. They're like the ultimate friend band. Well, right off of your little anecdote there... Uh, let's start that. The Chris Cohen, who was uh, on three of the last albums, he leaves the band in 2005, on a, but on good terms, because they're just a okay. bunch of bros and, and bro sets. Did he just go back to grad school? He went back to his solo career. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, is that the band Curtains that I mentioned before? I don't know. I think so. Okay. I believe, I trust you. You're the dean. Sure. We can, uh, we can cross-reference that in our corrections. I, I can edit it out later. We can, have, we can have a corrections episode later on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, uh, 2006, Chris Cohen leaves on good terms uh, to his solo career. I would never leave this band because they're my favorite, but I mean, you're it's not all in good. the band. I'm not in the band. If they want me, I'll, I'll play a <laughs> triangle or something. <laughs> but it was interesting. They continue as a trio for an album, which is now Greg Satomi and John Dietrich. So back to the original trio. Back to the original trio on Reveille. Good call. Thank you. Good memory. And it was funny, too, because I saw them during that trio time in Brooklyn at McCarran Park at a free show and I didn't know that it, they were just a three piece and I was like oh is one of them sick <laughs> this is like, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I mean these three are so super talented but seeing them live and watching John try to play both guitar parts <laughs> which you can almost kind of do because he is that talented uh, that's true because we were talking about how much space there was between like was it the live from Juan's basement Mm-hmm. Uh, video where you can see like they don't necessarily have both guitars going at the same time so it kind of works 
that is going to be foreshadowing for this whole episode because that who that's who Ed Rodriguez is. He is the new member who joins in 2008. After Dietrich was just like, my hands can't handle it. Anymore. I can't handle this. This is too much, this is too much playing. Too you much. know what? I was going to like just make up a reason why and we'll use that one. <laughs> that works pretty good. We talked a lot about Greg Sonner last episode, which the episode was called A Love Letter to Greg Sonner and uh, Satomi. But we didn't really talk about John much. And it's kind of good that we didn't because now we can talk a lot about John and Ed. Because they are very good friends. Hmm. They both grew up in Wisconsin. 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 They both grew up in Wisconsin. And uh, it was a fun fact. I like this. That uh, Ed Rodriguez is from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha? Waukesha? What is that? Probably Waukesha. That's the home of Les Paul. It's the way they... uh, So that's fun. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Ed is a little bit older than John. Both of them ended up moving up to Minnesota, to Minneapolis in particular. Minnesota, Minneapolis. And it was really cute. I saw this um, uh, with this article from Premium Guitar. <laughs> Never heard of it, but it's an article from Premium Guitar. It's a regional pr- publication. Exactly. They, interv- they were interviewing both uh, John Dietrich and Ed Rodriguez. And these guys are brothers from another mother. They're pretty tight. It was really nice. I, I My heart was warm when I read that in this article that... Uh, the m- most influential guitar player to John Dietrich was Ed Rodriguez. Mm. Ed was in a band called Behemoth, and not the one from Sweden. <laughs> not the not the black metal band. Not the black metal band from Sweden. They're from Poland. <laughs> oh, they're from Poland? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Thank you. You are the dean. <laughs> so, yeah, John saw, saw Ed play guitar with the band Behemoth and was just floored and was like, I got to know this guy. I want to play with these people. This is the music I want to play. And he did end up, they ended up becoming really good friends. And in the mid-90s, John and Ed, with two other members, formed a math rock band called Colossomite. Oh, I used to have one of their CDs. Oh, cool. So yeah. you, maybe you're aware of Deerhoof, but not, but not knowingly aware of Deerhoof. I mean, it, I was aware of Deerhoof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we discussed it, but... <laughs> Well, Deerhoof is seeping into your into your life now more yes. ways than one. Yeah, no, in a I think three-dimensional I, I way. Think Colossomite had a, a member from this other band that I like a lot called the Dazzling Killmen. That's a great name. Yeah, they were really, uh, really uh, excellent. That's name. a way better name than Colossomite. Math rock post-hardcore band. Well, so Colossomite broke up in 1998, and Ed and John and one of the other members, his name was Chad. So maybe the other guy went. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, they all moved to Oakland, California, and they started an experimental rock band called George Trio. Oh, Gorge Trio. <laughs> Wait, let me try. I think again. I had a Gorge Trio CD too. They're on that band. They're all on the label Skin Graft, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, it's all it's a Chicago-based label. Yeah, when I was talking about doing the Tortoise episode, like there's almost all bleed over into the the Skin Graft world of bands, which is just like this whole spider web of, oh, we broke up. Now there's two bands, and this label's going to put out records by both these bands. It's exactly what this what happened here. <laughs> it should also be mentioned that Ed Rodriguez was in the band XBXRX. Did you know them? Uh, yeah, I, I remember them. They Only were, for like three years, though. Yeah, they seemed like they had a core and they had a lot of other bands in and out of, or other members in and out of them. I was checking out all these bands that Ed and John have been in, and they all are kind of Deerhoofish, but no drummer is as good as Greg, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whole, the two people that have been in this band the whole time are Greg Sonier and Satomi Met. Basically. Matsuzaki. And and John's been in the band for seventeen years, so sure, it's not like he's the cur- he's not like the uh, the newstead of the band. <laughs> exactly, that's a really good uh, analogy there. Uh, so we're gonna start off episode two, of the Rodriguez years, with the first studio album that Ed Rodriguez is on. It came out in two thousand eight by Kill Rock Stars. 
the label. The album's called Offend Maggie, and our first song we're gonna listen to is the song Offend Maggie, the titular track. And uh, just to give our listeners a heads up, this is kind of a one-off kind of, this is an outlier kind of album, I feel like. And we're gonna get to a lot more rocking, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna. Yeah, this one, I, I was previewing it in our sound check, and it is, it's a flowery diversion. Yeah, this album's a little more chill, so. If you're looking for hard rock and Deerhoof, it's all on their way. So don't don't judge this song for the rest of the episode. Let's hit it. chill right yeah we chill uh, i was listening to, i was only half listening to this one <laughs> okay thanks for um, your honesty yeah, it is uh <laughs> no because you know you started referencing all these other midwest bands that i like so i'm like okay i gotta go and like look at these other bands oh mike you have to focus <laughs> up <laughs> I, this is what happens when i'm like you know have downtime at work and i'm like oh look at this band in discogs and then i just start spider webbing through all the members and all their projects and because i'm a nerd about these you things. are a nerd we're both nerds that's why we're here yeah yeah um i will say that i was listening <laughs> <laughs> and i really want to point out that although ed's a new member the band didn't skip a beat no and that you can tell like the the playing between ed and john which i guess we'll be talking a lot about today is just magical and they really get each other. Mm-hmm. They really know how to play off each other. They really got a good feel for tension. And they're both super talented yeah. and skilled. I, the thing that really struck me is the uh, like the finger-picked part. Yeah, it was cool. Over it. Which, yeah, it's that's a flourish that wasn't really present in their uh, arrangements previously. Dude, you're so good at this. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, they've done like little other you know, three or four note kind of deedle D melodies. Yeah. But not like an acoustic finger pick part. And yeah, it still has like the kind of like quiet guitar, loud guitar dynamic. Yeah. It was an experiment in a different direction. And 
it seems like you know bringing in the new guitarist it's like playing around with some new ideas absolutely and that's why i chose the song to play i thought it was a, a cool one to, to check out it's a great it's a beautiful song yeah definitely what did you think uh, i'm gonna bring this up probably a few times about satomi singing yeah actually i was thinking about that as uh, you're leading into that question because <laughs> <laughs> i think last episode you were saying yeah that. i was saying like, that her singing is kind of was kind of the thing that I mean, there's so much other great stuff happening in the songs and in their music, but her vocals are kind of like the stopping point for me. Yeah. And it seems like this record, she's getting a little bit more confident and she's getting a little bit more um, melodious in, how yeah. she, in, her, in her, her singing style. See, what this is their ninth studio album. So yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and what year was this one? This came out again in 2008. 2008, wow. So this is still 10 years ten years ago from the time we were recording. Oh my God, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it could be now. And what most of their stuff came out like post-2000. So they had like, what, two albums in the 90s? Two proper albums in the yeah. 90s? And then, so, so like seven albums in about eight years they churned out at this point. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, but some music critics have pointed out that Led Zeppelin, all their songs, it's kind of hard to tell where they came in their discography because mm-hmm. they're all kind of like... A Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, I, yeah. It's kind of the yeah. same with Deerhoof that, you know, this could have been on any of their albums, really. That's, <laughs> that's interesting, too. I, I haven't listened to Led Zeppelin in a long time, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah, the first couple records are really bluesy. Yeah. And then it's kind of like by Led Zeppelin 3 or 4, they've hit like, oh, this is what Zeppelin sounds like. You know, they, they experiment as much as any band experiments, but it's just like, yeah, it could be any of their records. Like, those songs could go back to be like any of their albums. That's just because Jimmy Page only ripped off like certain blues records. <laughs> oh my god, they ripped off so much stuff. I didn't even. <laughs> we should play a clip real quick and then we should move on. Or we're going to talk about Zeppelin the whole time. This okay. the whole time. Um, let's play. I was going back and forth. Find the song Born Fresh and let's play that.
Okay, so you were talking about Led Zeppelin. Oh my god! <laughs> and like he's doing that Bonham stomp in this song. So oh, good much. call! You tied it all together. And um, full disclosure, we're playing this. We're listening to the songs on YouTube, <laughs> and the opening, uh, the intro part of that song. I'm just like, wow, this sounds kind of like Neil Young. And then I look down in the other videos, and there's like a Neil Young video, silly, right, and the suggestions. And I was just like, huh, yeah, this sounds kind of like kind of like a Neil Young feel to it. And then they come in with that Bonham stomp. So. I feel like this happens with a lot of bands. Uh When they're like crossing the Midwest a lot, classic rock really starts to like (laughs) seep into their music. It's something about driving through the plains. I don't know if you've done that much. I've done it a little bit. And it's just like, yeah, you would hear like Queen and America and Neil Young. And, but yeah, it's just like something about that space. It kind of like, you kind of get classic rock when you're like within the space of like Big Sky. I mean, Deerhoof, they're all about. They're all in their late 40s now. Yeah, they're... And they grew up with that music. Sure. And uh, I think we talked about last episode that, you know, Greg's favorite bands are like the Rolling Stones and the Who. I mean, sure. they, they make really artsy, cool stuff, but they like pop music. So yeah. Well, even the still, like the Stones and the Who were like the artier bands from that era. We don't think back on it because there's like, you know, we only hear like the same five or six songs from either band on the radio. I mean, no one really plays the Velvets on the radio. So like no, that's like the far end of yeah. it. The Velvets are the Stooges, but those bands are pretty uh, narrow compared to, you know, everyone's like, oh, Bowie or like Roxy Music and Brian Eno. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, right. But these other bands were still just making stuff like, you know, even um, Bob O'Reilly by the, the Who has like that crazy synthesizer oh, yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were, they were artfully minded <laughs> for sure but they had kept it tight with you know like three chord songs and pop song structure did you ever watch uh freaks and geeks yes when the who came and she's like like that song teenage wasteland it goes baba o'reilly <laughs> 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 okay we should uh stay on course now let's skip an album and let's go to an album called breakup song breakup song okay we're now at their so 11th is this uh 29 or 2010 we are 2012 2012 so, so there was an album between offend maggie and breakup songs yes do you want me to look it up no i'm just <laughs> i actually i, actually I can't just, keep track right i now. have it right here actually, in front of you. Uh, i'm not even like bugging you about it so i do love yeah, this band Offend maggie there was Deerhoof versus evil in 2010 oh, yeah. oh that that's when they switched from kill rock stars to polyvinyl that's yep. an interesting thing to know is polyvinyl a bigger label it's a younger label by about 10 years I don't know if I would say they're bigger or not. They had some, like, that's the label that broke Braid, American Football. I think Promise Ring did some of their more notable albums for Polyvinyl. It was interesting to note that I think Darehoff was, like, Kill Rockstar's longest-running band as well. Maybe they just wanted to mix it up. Yeah, it could be. It could just be that Polyvinyl was making more money at that point and could offer them more than what Kill Rockstar's was able to. I love how uh, the Ramones are playing and Danny Fields heard them and was like, I got to sign you. I want to be your manager. They're like, okay, get us a drum set. (laughs) (laughs) Done. (laughs) Okay, so where are we at? We are at Breakup Song, Polyvinyl Records. Uh, This came out September 4th, 2012. It's their 11th studio album. And let's jump into a song. And I want to start listening for production value. Everything we've been hearing is written and recorded and mastered by Deerhoof. They do it all. They're the ultimate DIY band. But check out the quality the sonicness of this track compared to what we've been listening to these past two episodes. And uh, for our song, we're going to listen to... Mike, do you speak French? Not really, no. Okay, I'll try to pronounce this. Fait 
de adieu, which uh, means farewell party. That's nice. Farewell party. It's the last track on the album, too. And this is a really cool song. That's a, yeah, that's a, <laughs> I like the uh, the synthesizer bassline in that. Yeah, it's funny. There's like another drastic yes change in their sound. And that harkens back more to that uh, EP that we played on the last episode, where they're doing kind of more of the electronic and your like memory a is good. Stuff. You have a good memory. Yeah. So what's really interesting? It's kind of missing that live feel mm-hmm. that 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 they rock so hard. So. They recorded this album separately. <laughs> <laughs> At this point now, 
Uh, they're all living in different cities. Of uh, course. Ed is living in Portland, Oregon. John is living in Albuquerque. And Greg and Satomi live in Brooklyn. And they just bounce MP3s back to each other. Yeah. A lot of a lot of bands do that these days, too. A lot of the albums from here on in, they kind of been doing that. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting saying that Greg and Satomi live in Brooklyn, because it's definitely kind of the vibe of music. I remember coming out of New York City at that time, especially from some of the older musicians that had settled there, just kind of doing like, yeah, we just want to do like living room dance pop. Well, maybe we should play a clip then and destroy that uh <laughs> that conception <laughs> that conception well this album's really cool and i want to throw out to listeners that the whole album is on youtube there's like an album stream that sure. they put up there and it's really funny because it's just greg and satomi running around it looks like new york city and yeah it's a really so this album's really sonically i really gotta give them credit for putting this together so well it's really just like a beautifully produced album mm. I'm, I'm such a sucker for uh really expensive yeah well expensive sounding stuff i love it (laughs) (laughs) oh but there's something interesting about this album we should mention that it's called breakup song and the idea kind of was that usually breakup songs are sad Mm -hmm. so they wanted to make empowering breakup songs like okay i'm done with you and i in person hear me roar kind of thing sure yeah (laughs) that's a silly thing i mean uh That's that's yeah people need that twist people need that twist that's pretty cool yeah um should we do the clip yeah, what's the clip? Oh, let's hear the intro of To Fly or Not To Fly. You had a lot of changing facial expressions there. Yeah, this is really. <laughs> I'm listening to it, and I can think. All I can think is like, all I want to hear do is hear the demos leading up to it. Oh, totally! Like, like all the bouncing of the tracks. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is like, you know, especially with that intro. That intro is awesome because it's, it's all sense. This is a headphone record. Absolutely. It's an indoor record. This is like, home produced in an apartment in Brooklyn for the most part. And they, you know, it's like, how do we make a record sound huge at home on our computer? And synthesizers are a great way to easily get huge sounds just in your headphones. And you don't need to be in a studio. It's yeah. interesting to see like what the guitarist was doing, being like, oh, well, I'm in New Mexico. If he's in Albuquerque, he may be out in the burbs or something, and he may have like a basement in a suburban house. Whereas, like in he's Brooklyn, got space, yeah. <laughs> where in Brooklyn, he, he has the space where he can like do the guitar and be loud in the guitar. Well, Same thing with Portland. Like you rent houses with basements. Yeah. In Brooklyn, it's like your tiny apartment. You're <laughs> in an apartment, and you've got people on top of and on bottom of you, and you can't. You're in your you can't play. You can't play the drums <laughs> super loud. I mean, uh, Sonner's Sonier's like style lends already lends itself pretty well, and you can kind of hear that in like the super compressed, distorted. Yeah, he's more reserved in this album. Percussion sure. that he's yeah, yeah, sure. So he's not 
flourishing as much as he does. It's interesting when you talk about like, oh, they're disparate now. They're not living in the same city, so they don't have a jam space. Yeah, so it's like to hear like a record like sound like this, it's really interesting to think of it as a product of the band's physical spatial dynamic. It's so hard to research this band because there's, <laughs> it's re- they're not really like the most like, we we are very serious. We practice. There's not like, no, they they sound they're like they're so, always working. They're always working and like. But it sounds like you know they're at a point where they don't take it they, so seriously. So every time I try to look for interviews, it's hard to to get information because sure. I'm interested to see what the what the guitarist uh, was using for that sound. Totally. So there there was a, a YouTube video. They interviewed John and Ed and. They're both pretty famous in the indie world, and I'm sure a lot they get a lot of pedals yeah. from a lot of pedal makers. Yeah, and I'm sure that they get a lot of free pedals. Seems like 03, 08, 09, and then like 2012 again were like big breakout years for people putting out these pedals that just did crazy spatial sound. And, and John and Ed are two guys who yeah. love gear. Yeah, and uh, I think that John and Ed are adding a lot to that sonicness as well. Kind of like third wave shoegaze big guitar sound that yeah, was happening. Yeah, let's call this third wave shoegaze. I like yeah. that. <laughs> so what are we at now? Um, we gonna ask are we going to go to La Isla Bonita? No, we're going to skip that. We're going to go to 2016's The Magic. The Magic, okay. Yeah, there's all these other little like one-off albums. Looks like maybe There's like a live album. And mind you that all four of them are like doing all these projects. Yeah, it's no, like endless. No, I brought up uh, <laughs> I brought up some people's uh, solo careers, and it's like, whoa, these are they just have tons of uh, tons of solo projects in addition to like the other bands they were part of, and so many collaborations. Yeah, so let's uh, yeah, focus. Dietrich and Cohen definitely have like a lot of like. LPs that are just like two guitarists working together or two guitarists and percussionists working together. And Greg and John are like producing other albums mm-hmm. and like recording other albums and mixing other albums. It's pretty special that, you know, all four of them are amazingly talented and Deerhoof is the magic when all four of them get together for sure. So speaking of that, so this album, The Magic, me personally being a fan, I kind of wasn't listening to them as much. Uh-huh. And then Eric Natu, our friend, came into the back room and he's like, yo, new Deerhoof. I was like, what? And he put on this song. The de- he put on this song. The devil and his art. <laughs> the the devil it. and his anarchic surrealist retinue. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I, I, I think it's funny that this word I'm having issues with is retinue. Retinue. <laughs> and you're just like Antarctic. Antarctica. But he came in and played this song, and I was like, "WTF? This rocks so hard." The magic.
Doesn't that rock so hard? That's really that's really fun. Isn't this fun? That goes back to that. Uh, um, what was the last album we did last time? Just now. The the <laughs> last album of the last episode. Oh, Runners Four. Yeah, so it goes back to that kind of that just feel. having a good time rocking out. Yeah, just having a good time. <laughs> and it's in, you know I will talk about you know what I said about breakup songs, you know which was very much like a home felt like a home produced. Yeah. Uh, we don't we're not gonna like, get together to make this album. This one they're just like yeah let's get back together and. Oh, did you already us- read that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But it's just like it's it's very it's yeah it's, it's the feel of the record and you can kind of get this ebb and flow with the band. You're like. Oh yeah, no, they got back in the same room and jammed this record out. You got like, a good ear, man. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're 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 gonna do this again because this is fun." That's exactly what they did. They recorded roughly one week in an empty office building outside of Albuquerque. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. Oh, so they did it in a week. About yeah. yeah. I'm sure they hashed out their parts and bounced MP3s back and forth yeah, to each and other showed like up over over the preceding months while they're working on other things. But yeah, it's like they were in a room together. The other one, they definitely felt like they weren't in a room together. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a cohesive album. But when you know it, it's really obvious. It's really cool. It's so neat that they can do both. Like some bands can only do one. Yeah. As me as a fan of Deerhoof, and like at this point, I've been listening to them for 13 years, and mm. then I heard this song, and I was just—it cemented. I think me. I remember you like hopping off about this album when we're at work that night. Absolutely. You're like, this is this is new. It's <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it just made me realize that Deerhoof as songwriters. Mm-hmm. They know how to write a perfect song. Mm. And yeah, that they, they definitely have a. I would say they never. They didn't always have that skill. Oh yeah, they they've gotten better. <laughs> Those <laughs> earlier tracks are a little, a little I more. Mean, they, I mean, they definitely started out as their own sort of uh, uh, avant garde project. Maybe I'm phrasing it wrong. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I realized that hearing this song that they have the ability to just create amazingness mm-hmm. does that sound yes i think that's more what i'm trying to say yeah it's amazing to me again a big theme of why i love this band so much is that they've been together so long and uh-huh. most bands just <laughs> really start to crap out or really start to put out yeah, mediocre and material it seems like they, they, they keep finding ways to reinvigorate themselves things that get better and better so why is it that you're skipping over certain albums um for time for time and that you know when we're doing this it's part music journalism part uh-huh. just fan. being a huge fan and i'm really just curating you my favorite song sure sure that makes sense that makes sense that being said that's a good leeway into let's play a clip of learning to apologize effectively in this song do i need to apologize effectively for my question (laughs) no that's a great question the song is waiting for another song and when we saw what we were doing wrong we found the cause they
drum game is so on point <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i was watching the videos so. uh, again they have that like he got really into john bonham at some point sure. and that's this drum sound he has it's huge yeah right he just has like huge, huge like kick and snare sound and just letting them like boom boom bop boom 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 bop boom oh, it's so good I yeah love it. it's so funny i think we we're talking last episode about how he plays yeah. animal kit and how uh this is like kick snare and that's it I went home and I took away all my other drum pieces and I, I was just like trying so hard to do this. He's, <laughs> he's so talented. You know, um, maybe this is TMI to our listeners, but you know, Mike and I have been somewhat stressed in our outside of this podcast live. Oh yeah. Hectic times. And I was like, you know, we're going to have a great day today. We're just going to go and listen to some Jeff tracks. <laughs> and I think we're both like yeah, smiling and elated and we're in a good mood. I just want to say one funny tidbit about this album and then we'll move on. So when they were recording this, I guess HBO had a show called Vinyl. Did you ever watch this? No. I haven't had HBO since like end of 2011. Well, let the records show that John Sheena watches a lot of television. On, on his phone, <laughs> in the break room at work. <laughs> on his phone, at home. <laughs> and like, I, I'm the master of watching TV at work. It's amazing how much TV I'm able to watch on the clock. And uh, I miss having a job where I could do that. I well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing it, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I definitely had a job where I wasn't supposed to be doing that, and then I had a job <laughs> where I could do that. There was a show on HBO called Vinyl, and it got canceled after one season. And I bring it up because both Scorsese and Mick Jagger were producers on it, and yet still got canceled, which I thought was weird. It was okay. I never... I wasn't like... like what year was it that it was on? Oh, like just a couple years ago. It was Maybe. probably one of the shows that they brought on and then canceled when they had to expand the budget for Game of Thrones. As they should have. <laughs> I think they canceled vinyl because no one was watching it. That's true, too. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> because I was... Uh, I was trying to like on social media. I was kind of like, is anyone else Wait, watching? What, this? what did you say? What social media, baby. Social media. Social media. I got that from a Two Dope Queens podcast. <laughs> Phoebe says show, social media. Social media. But anyway, yeah. So final, I guess, uh, asked Deerhoof to do three demo songs for the show, and uh-huh. they heard them and said no. <laughs> and then final got canceled, and Deerhoof still rocks on. So, <laughs> so Deerhoof keeps going, whether or not they got on HBO. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I was the only one who ever watched that show. I never met anyone else who watched it. Um, okay, so our last album of the episode is most recent album they put out. It's really funny. I don't know how to introduce this album, but funny enough, we're playing this last on two episodes of Deer Hoof. But if someone wanted to get into Deer Hoof, I would give them this album first. Interesting. This is my favorite album by them. And it's their 14th studio album. <laughs> <laughs> like 25 here's, years. Here's or their newest album. Um, time to start working backwards. Yeah, and again, like, I want to stress, like, a broken record, but I really want to put the nail in the coffin on this, that this is a band that's been around for so long, and they're putting out amazing material. They're better and better. I don't know who else is doing this. Like, 
Jack White put out an album recently that's pretty interesting. <laughs> Radiohead, you know, does weird stuff, and maybe like some hip hop producers are always kind of like pushing the envelope. Yeah, and maybe Kanye West, <laughs> but not in a good way always. <laughs> pushing I, the envelope by supporting Donald Trump. Exa- oh god, I wanted to surprise you with like a Kanye for people who don't like Kanye episode, but after that, I'm like, no. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's another good leeway because this album was produced by Kanye. Mountain Moves <laughs> is kind of a reaction to the 2016 election. Oh, that's interesting. A, that, this whole album is actually about that. Yeah. No, so pe- that was people are still picking up the pieces from that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to alienate any Trump supporters to listen to this, but uh, so John, we're, you're too nice. You're really you. too nice. Well, I want, I want, you know, music's music. Anyone music's can music, enjoy it. Sure. We didn't listen to it so much in Apple O, but Apple O was made in like 2003, and it was yeah. during the Bush years, during the invasion of the Iraq War, and they had a really great song called, oh, I forgot what it's called, but the lyrics were Stop the Man at the Top. So they've always kind of dabbled in politics, but this album is blatantly like a reaction to just mm. the horrible feeling they felt after the 2016 election that a lot of people felt. And I have a quote here from Greg Sonner, and uh, there's a really great Newsweek article about Deerhoof. Interesting. Yeah, and this is where I got a lot of this information from. Is you can Google it. Oh, it looks like they even did a Bob Marley cover. I they mean, did. You can tell you're politically reacting when you do a Bob Marley. Cover. <laughs> no one's above it. It's like a comedian doing airplane food uh, <laughs> material. So yeah, in this Newsweek um, article, I'll just uh, quote Greg here. He said we were feeling specifically depressed about it. Like, what's the point? Like, why do we keep going? Wouldn't it be in poor taste or crass or in denial to just add another indie rock record to the pile that's already way too bloated in 2017 in the midst of a species threatening crisis of various descriptions? <laughs> Greg's really good with words. Let me paint this picture for you. The election happened. The band is super depressed, as all of us were. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing all Deerhoof fans <laughs> are. So they had like this kind of moment of do we take a break and like, you know, why make this art when the world's going up in flames or do we double down and rock out twice as hard and fight the power that be. And right when they were making that decision, the label joyful noise chose Deerhoof to be their 2017 artist in residency. What does that mean for did the, did the label have like a venue or a sponsor? Or I guess it meant that they were going to produce five limited edition LPs and a proper album. And I guess that mountain moves is the proper album. Okay. What's also interesting about this album is they collaborate a ton on it. I don't want to bore you with all the list of collaborators. Um, Juan Amelina was one of them. And on this first song we're going to listen to, I Will Spite Survive, Jen Wasner is on it. She's from the band Y Oak. And it's really cool, again, to talk about why this band is so amazing. Like, not only are they still putting out amazing stuff, but like now they're collaborating with with people and like expanding their sound. And it's just kind of like, I don't think. I don't think there's a lot of ego with this band. No. It's interesting, too, because you're saying, oh, there's a lot of collaborations on this album. A ton. What you're talking about them going into it is like, how do we fight back against like this depressive wave that came after the, the election? And you know, for me personally, whenever I see a band do like an album that's like tons of collaborations, I kind of usually push that one aside because <laughs> it's usually just like, it's either like a cash grab or it's like it's a forced kind of thing yeah this is the opposite like i was reading with juana molina on the newsweek article with they're talking about like juana molina was giving them tracks of all mm-hmm. this like vocal mm-hmm. stuff and it was a collaborative effort and, and again like how we talked about that last episode how 
this is a band that's always asking why are we doing this mm-hmm. and always trying to push the envelope and mm-hmm. now they're bringing the collaboration and doing it on a whole other like 3d level but, but the point i was getting to with oh, the sure. collaborations i mean you kind of did this <laughs> like get, get to your point which i do it's like oh i'm gonna talk about this other thing and then forget what i was saying uh no what it felt like is they're returning to the sense of community not they're not they're not just collaborating to fill space or because they're being told to, they're doing it because like, well, we want to collaborate. I haven't heard the material yet, <laughs> but this is, the impression, with this is the impression I get from the way the band works is that yeah. like, well, we want to do this record that is us protesting back against this and making a positive, a positive noise. So we want to bring other friends and people in and expand our community on this project. Absolutely. And uh, one more thing to add, and I promise you listeners, we will play this song shortly. (laughs) But there was another interesting thing I read about, uh, they did their first South American tour in 2016. Oh, wow. And they played in Brazil, and at the time, Brazil. Those are not near each other. South America is Brazil. Oh, wait, I thought you said South Africa. No. Brazil is like entirely South South America. Brazil is most of South America, yes. So, you know, they're going through, (laughs) you know, the riots and the, what was it, the Olympics? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's all the Olympics. The government and all the, just like the poverty, and, you know, the the country's going through some real shit. Mm -hmm. And most of South America is. Yeah, exactly. All and, for like the past 30 years. <laughs> and the band was like meeting all these fans and they're like, how are you coming out to the show when, you know, your country is in such disarray? And they're like, we, we're coming here because we need to come here. Like we need to dance. We're sad, but we need to, we need to experience, have good positive experiences. We need to, mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of. Life the, is so hard that you need to fill it with joy. Exactly. And, and that's kind of what this album is. And, and we're going to rock out really hard. Maybe finally we should play this uh, song. I will spite survive. Featuring Jen Wasner from the band Y Oak. Oh 
Wait, you know what? Real quick, play Wait. that intro one more time for me. I wish I had Jesse's girl. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I'm glad you feel me on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really that's a good funny one. Um, yeah, that's that's not rocking out though. That's much more reserved. You thought this album was this song was reserved? That's all. I mean, it didn't have the explosion that other songs have. No, it doesn't. And that's kind of way. It's kind of a slow burn, but we're listening to it in context of all their other songs. But like, if you just play like, play this and song. blast it, yeah, it's got that eighty. It's a slow burn eighties amp. Yeah. Did you it, catch the the chorus? Sleep at night if you can stay alive. Stay alive. Stay if you can, <laughs> alive if you can sleep at night. Yeah. I really want to say personally that's helped me out a little bit. <laughs> Not to the listeners who don't know me. My, my dad's from Iraq, and I'm was super affected by the Muslim band and mm. just like wrapping my head around everything. Yeah, and my, that. my dad's an immigrant from the Middle East and and I was having a really tough time and I really want to give they say thank you to Deerhoof for making an <laughs> album that helped me deal with all this. Just, just BS. such a simple poetic couplet carries so much oh, can yeah. carries so much weight. Oh, poetry man music is the best keeps us alive absolutely. You really want to say something I keep I keep um, uh, So, you know the band um, Asobi Sexu? No. Okay, they're more of a, like, what did I call it? Third wave shoegaze. Third wave shoegaze. Third wave shoegaze. They started. Did you just coin that phrase? <laughs> I, I don't think I coined that phrase. Um, people have talked about, you know, since there was like the second and third wave of ska, there's people have been like, oh, this other subgenre has had these <laughs> these different waves. But anyway, like their stuff is getting more shoegazy and especially towards this album. It's It gets into the realm of where like the, the bands that were kind of getting labeled as shoegaze were bands where they were rocking more but there was still like this huge spatial guitar sound and ethereal vocal aspect to it you know i got to kind of curate Deerhoof to mm-hmm. you because i knew this band much better than you and like i'm saying to all, you and the listeners this is the first album i think you should check out and it's kind of a headphone album like you said there is a lot of really great use of space i wish i could play the whole album for you so i'll just have to let you this, do homework this and go is a home. rec- we're recording this in early june this episode yeah and this is probably my favorite time of year to just go for like late evening drives and just have the windows down and have like the cool early summer late spring air flowing through the car and this is the kind of music i want to listen to while going on those drives through the hills of central western central new england it was really hard to pick a song for this album to showcase because really this album is like perfect all of them are really great oh, well-crafted shit. songs if you haven't checked out deer Huff, i would say yeah i would say check out this later stuff and then uh i'm an old hipster man me too i, 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 <laughs> I, own, I own the fact that at some point in my life i became a hipster and now i'm 40 so i'm just like one of those aging i forget hipsters. the comedian moisha something oh uh, he's, he's Tasha's husband, but he was like, yeah, I'm a hipster. I like good shit. <laughs> to me, like, like having, having good taste makes me a, makes me a hipster. Yeah. And having a beard made me, oh jeez. Having a beard just makes my face look slimmer. <laughs> it's like, it, it makes my face looks, it hides the fact that I don't really have a chin yeah. and compensates for the fact that I'm going bald. <laughs> that is why I have a beard. This is why we're doing a podcast, <laughs> not a TV show. Um, let's so what's, what's the second clip you want to do off this? It's I, that's me.
existing on that song? <laughs> so hard. <laughs> so I recently picked up Talking Heads Remain in Light okay. on CD. Never owned that album before. And that's one of their albums that they have uh, Adrian Bellew from King Crimson et al. playing guitar with them. Cool. Like he's an extra player on that record. Prog rock legend, right? Yeah, prog rock legend, but he's also the guy that did the really dissonant guitar solos on Bowie's Scary Monsters album. And I think he was part of some of the later Berlin era records with Bowie. Cool. So, I mean, he was bouncing around doing some pretty prominent stuff in the early 80s. But that guitar solo made me think of Adrian Bellew's sound of what he was doing at that time and the really glittery guitar parts. It's really interesting to me to hear a lot of bands like since like 2010, 2012. I don't know if they're going back and really spending time listening to that era of um, Talking Heads, but what Talking Heads was doing synthesizing early new wave and punk rock with Afro pop music and like the Northern African guitar playing styles and also funk music. It's interesting to hear a lot of bands now doing that again. You know, this album came out in 2017. Yes, September previous to now. And so Ed Rodriguez joined the band in 20, 2008. So he's been with the band nine years at that point. Nine, ten years, yeah. And it's also it's like also listening to this, I can tell that like this is two guitarists that really... They've been playing together since the mid-90s at this point. Yeah, and there's just like <laughs> so much like them pushing at each other yeah. with what's happening in the arrangements and also bringing parts to there where it's just like... I really want to make you do this kind of a thing because I think it's going to be hilarious or I know it's going to drive you nuts. Yeah. It's, it's like you get that kind of sense of fun in it. My friend Sean Eaton, before he was in Parquet Courts, he was in a band called Daniel Striped Tiger and he would just say that I write guitar parts to fuck with my <laughs> the other oh, guitar he was player. In, he was in Daniel Striped Tiger. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah, Daniel Striped Tiger. Yeah, they were another band that was just like all about those noodly guitar just parts. Noodly guitar parts. But that, that definitely brings me to kind of one of the hypotheses of Deerhoof that they've been this same lineup for 10 years and I don't want to diss on Rob Fisk or Chris Cohen or any of the other members who were in earlier mm. but this is I think like the spiritual core of Deerhoof like, oh, this sure. is the Deerhoof that I hope stays together and makes music together I, I think and they all complement each other super well because how long had uh, Deirdrick's the longest running guitarist in the band yes so he's been with them since what the late 90s since yeah since the late 90s yeah and kind of, yeah he was the second guitarist to join the band as Frisk exited yep then he gets like his buddy that you know was probably the person that helped like him open up to the world of music who was his biggest influence his hey biggest be in this <laughs> awesome band with me it's like hey we've been dancing around each other and playing in these other projects let's get in this band together so it's just and like that guy joined the camaraderie that was in Deer Hub yeah. so it's really like when everything it's what is that since not synesthesia. Well, I forget the buzzword for it. Let's edit this out. Uh, sure. <laughs> and so it's it's when you get that group of people together. Synergy. That's it. Synergy. <laughs> Don't edit it out. I came to it. Now it's a bit. Now it's a bit. <laughs> it's the synergy of all these positive energies coming together. So like Sonier and Satomi have been playing together since they met. Basically, yes. a week since she moved <laughs> sure, to the country. Sure. Yeah. They met each other. And like, he's like, hey, do you want to join my band? Yeah. I have an extra bass guitar you can play. Okay, I'll show up. <laughs> So, yeah, it's crazy. And you can just hear them maturing as people. And I was also thinking, listening to this, you know, here I am up on the big screen. Is that, that was that the line in the song? Yeah. yeah or that's me up on the big screen, yeah. something like that. It's interesting to see. And again, we're watching this on YouTube. And like all these videos we've been playing, I'm just looking at like all the TV performances and how Satomi slowly starts, like her visage slowly starts becoming the face of the band. Oh, yeah. And even the album cover for this is a portrait of her. Yeah. 
so it's interesting to see like hear her lyrics like reflecting her her starting to reflect on like this notion of like her as a celebrity yeah i'm kind of like wrapping up my hypothesis now that dear hoof is the ultimate friend band yeah they're the ultimate diy band they are as people together in a band like they tour together in a minivan they keep it super minimal on tour they have no manager they split all the band duties themselves like ed books all the hotel rooms greg will set up shows and each so if you want to book you want to book Deerhoof, you're going to email one of the members of Deerhoof. yeah it's it's a it's really cool and uh they do everything themselves they record and produce and master the albums themselves they do the artwork themselves i mean they're the ultimate diy band ultimate friend band ultimate art rock band yeah. i mean i can just go on and on i think we should wrap it up and i want to ask you mike I think we've been having a really fun time today. Yeah, this has been really fun because it's also, you know, it's been a bit of a trip down nostalgia or memory lane for me. Cool. Going back to thinking about, like, you know, my college radio days. Yeah. The early, the mid-aughts. We've been rocking out hard here today. We've been smiling and we've been having a lot of fun with listening to these songs. Yeah. Been a blast. And it's interesting, too, because going through and being like, oh, right. Rodriguez was part of all these other bands and starting to just, like, pick them away and it's like oh yeah i used to listen to this band i used to listen to this band i used to listen to this band <laughs> yeah i didn't know doing the research for the episode i was like uh, i don't know these bands and like, oh yeah yeah what, oh yeah no they george, were great they were great <laughs> george trio no 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 gorge trio <laughs> <laughs> right, any final words final words that, um, now that you've uh listened to i think two I like, decades of deer Hoof? i like their later stuff better yeah it's great i i think it probably appeals to me as like a, a middle-aged dude that just wants driving music <laughs> well, and uh, and again, how I was saying Mountain Moves is that now the first album I'd say go check out. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. There's a lot going on. Definitely, I want to go on. go and dig into like their early material with Rob Fisk and. It's tough for me because like that's where I fell in love with them. I can't. It's all good to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna be pitchfork and rate this a seven point six or whatever the hell they do. <laughs> like it's all great. And any Deerhoof listen to is gonna be good Deerhoof. And again, I know I, I'm a total broken record, but go see them live if you haven't. Yeah, they sound like they would be a blast live. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. Um man, I don't want to stop talking about this band, but all I right. guess this episode's at an end. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to Bandology. Can I do a can I do a shout out to Asobi Sexu? Sure. And um, play one of their songs at the end of this. Sure. Okay. So yeah, they were also from Brooklyn, and they also had an Asian woman as the the front person and the band. And it was really interesting to see Deerhoof kind of as they gelled, writing poppier and more air quotes here smoother music than what they had started in. Hearing how much they were starting to sound like Asobi Sexu, but I'm sure like Asobi Sexu got immediate comparisons to Deerhoof because they had an Asian woman fronting the band at the beginning. It's unfair how music journalists do that. <laughs> They're very lazy. Uh, I'm going to do the same with you where I'm going to recommend a track off the last Asobi Sexu album. Uh, the last album is called Fluorescence, also out on Polyvinyl Records. I'm going to play the song Trails. <laughs>